the world can change, it can change like that, due to one little word, married. See a palace rise from a two-room flat, due to one little word, married. And the that was often there suddenly ceases to be for you wake one day look around and say somebody wonderful married welcome back to another episode of the feminine critique i'm emily I am Christine. And on this episode, we are joined today to celebrate marriage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the bliss of being a newlywed, be that a day or be that a year. I think a year, you're still a newlywed. Yeah. the cutoff. Uh, with, with two movies, it's like, this is like an old school episode where we're just doing movies, man. We're just talking about two movies that we watched that I picked because of very specific reasons. One, it's one was a movie that after I saw it, I wanted Christine to watch it so badly because I knew it had everything she would like. Uh, and for about a year, um, Christine was like, oh, I'll get to it. Yeah, it's been on my list and like wouldn't watch it. So finally I said, well, you're going to have to watch it, bitch, because it's going to be this episode. Uh, and that that movie was What Keeps You Alive, which is a title mm-hmm. that I cannot remember. Every time I want to say like, I want, I always want to call this movie what doesn't kill you. I can see that. Yeah. I have trouble sometimes with the the titles that are sentences. Yes. <laughs> but, but this one, this one actually I've, I've been able to retain for some reason. Okay. Well, you're smarter than me. The other movie uh, is we talked about a little bit on our last episode because we obviously had a very long conversation about Lee Janiak's Fear Streets. Uh, and with that, I said, oh, and everybody should check out Honeymoon. And Christine's like, I didn't like Honeymoon. I'm like, no, I loved Honeymoon. So I said, hey, these two movies have a lot of surface things in common. Yeah. They really do. And we'll get into like all the things they have in common. I made a quick list. Uh, but before we do anything, I do want to say both of these movies to me are very, uh, are movies that you should go into as blind as you can. Oh, 100%. A lot, of it, they both play on expectations quite a bit um and i think that's the strengths of Mm -hmm. like what you think a character in a situation would do should do might do and then they don't do or they do do so don't so don't listen to this if you haven't seen them yeah uh and they are both streaming uh what keeps you alive is on netflix and honeymoon is on tubi for free so you have no excuse. And Honeymoon's like 80 minutes and What Keeps You Alive is under 140. So they're both short movies yeah. uh, and both really like don't, especially for I think What Keeps You Alive, do as little anything as you can. Like don't watch the Netflix trailer. Don't read the description. Just turn the movie on because that's how I watched it the first time. And it made it so much more effective because I had absolutely no idea what the story was so once it's revealed it was really exciting and rewarding and surprising to me and I want everybody to have that experience I don't know if you had you were able to or not or if you knew enough about it to not have that same I had no idea yay okay good good so we're gonna talk about both you 
I think you told me one thing. Or maybe James told I told you, you one I thing. just told you, you should watch this. It has an actress you love. It is directed by Colin Minahan, who I know you're a fan of. It's really good, uh-huh. but you sh- I, I know I was very firm about don't do any research on it and just watch it. I knew one interesting thing about it, okay. which we'll talk about, I'm sure. It's okay. very surface level. But, like, I didn't know anything, and I think that's the way to go. Also, if you're shutting this off, which you should if you haven't, Colin Minahan is one of the best directors working. Um, Grave Encounters, tight. What Stains the Sand Red, tight. I've told people many times that he is amazing and he makes amazing movies and this is an amazing movie. Yay! I'm so excited. (laughs) Okay, before, so we're going to send those who haven't watched this away shortly, but before we do, one more thing I do want to make a point of saying, Christine, you have been doing something really cool in terms of your writing and you should tell people about that. Oh, um, I started a newsletter? Yes, you did. You don't have to, it's not a question. It's a definitive statement. (laughs) It's a definitive statement. So I started a newsletter. Um, you can sign up for it using the link that's um, on my Twitter. And my Twitter is xteenmakepeace, if you didn't know. Um, and you can sign up for it. The whole idea is that I really wanted people to, like, give me a writing prompt. Hey, do this. Or, oh, I'd love to hear you talk about that. And, like, nobody has yet except, like, my friend Fran who asked me to write a story and that's a hundred percent what I want like I want people to do that but nobody is and I I don't know why I don't think it's lack of interest I think maybe people feel weird about asking somebody to do something but like I'm literally telling you to do that so okay I have to think of what I want you to write then oh my, my mom so my much mom has a suggestion oh. you know how that goes oh I want to hear your, I will yes because you and you and me and your mother have very similar tastes <laughs> I know. So now she's going to, if no one else does it, it's just going to be my mom telling me to watch okay. stuff. Okay. I'm making a note. Um, send <laughs> this to Chris. What if me and your mom end up sending you the same thing? I, I, hers was a little bit un, un, unexpected. It wasn't okay. typical mom fodder. But um, also in October, I'm releasing a new book. So Yay! Just in uh, time for your Halloween shopping, everybody. So yeah, I'll obviously talk about that nonstop for the rest of my life. Well, very exciting. I I am a subscriber of your newsletter. I read the one of your write ups. I didn't read I didn't read the short story yet because I didn't have the. It's it's like I was reading it at work and I'm like, oh, I can't. Like I I need when it comes to literature, when it comes to fiction, no, I shouldn't be doing anything else. Like I'm a big turn the TV on and do stuff. Like I'll do work with the TV on. I will like sometimes I'll podcast and have the TV on mute. Like I do a lot with it. But the one thing I refuse to do that with, like I can read a magazine while watching a documentary. I cannot and will not read fiction while doing anything else. So I just needed to find five minutes. According to according to the website, it was a five minute read. So I just need to find the five minutes where I am isolated and can do it. Oh, well, thanks. It's very quick and light. I'm looking exciting. to have fun. It's supposed to be fun. Neat. And uh, so. Oh, wildly yeah. exciting. Everybody should subscribe and send Christine a list of what you, oh God, Twin Peaks. There's so much I want you to write about. Okay, hang on. I've got to write some <laughs> notes down. I'll get back. Okay, good. So with that being said, those of you who have not seen either of these movies, and we'll talk about them separately, but honestly, because I think there are a lot of things that overlap, I feel like we'll end up talking about the other one as we talk so seriously people watch the movies then come back to us because we're going to spoil away and let that happen um before we get into the uh specifics of the movies do you want to list out the similarities we found between the two so obviously they're about relate like 
new marriages, Mm -hmm. new early relationships. It's obviously about um, uh, uh, a a partner realizing something they didn't know about someone. Mm -hmm. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of like, I didn't, oh, I'm, oh, this is a strange reveal considering we've been in a relationship for X amount. Um, They're obviously in a cabin. Mm -hmm. Nice remote cabins, yeah. There's boats people rowing boats there's lakes yeah lakes and boats and boat houses <laughs> um they're they're essentially the same setting like, yeah it, like it really does feel like at one point i was like they showed the um honeymoon house from an angle that i was like is this <laughs> <laughs> was this filmed in the same place well especially because they both like it's a remote cabin that belongs to one of the um, one of the newlyweds, it, it's her family cabin that she's grown up and knows really well. And they have both of them have one set of neighbors, right? There is one other couple living near them who has some connection in both cases, uh, some mysterious connection to the woman whose house it is or whose family house it is. There's like all of that, all these like really surface things in both of them. The um, the I guess antagonist if you want to call them that are redheads that's true it honestly does there's a there's parts of this that feels like someone was given the same prompt yeah. and then just two different things happened yeah like it's um, okay film it, it's like almost like a variant of the same story in many ways it, it is and it's but that's what's cool because that's a real classic story it totally. is you know a great a classic setup it's good for lower budgets too mm-hmm. but but like both of them do, I think something. I look. I'm gonna show my hand. Um, I I'm an asshole. I do like Zach and I tried to figure it out last night because I watched Honeymoon last night. I don't know. I can't pinpoint why I didn't. I said I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. I really can't because it's really good. <laughs> like I, halfway through it, I went, "Oh no, I'm an asshole," because it's so fucking good. And um. I guess maybe I was closed-minded going. I don't. I can't really guess. But like, it's they, what what is done with this really um, common? Because we were also trying to list other movies that have this setup, yeah. and I could think of I could think of like five or six off the top of my head, and but they're both so good. They don't they don't feel like retreads, and they don't feel like oh we just had a cabin and we went and did something they felt really like like explored they're both re- and they're like both of them are clearly made by people that have watched a lot of movies and a lot of genre movies and studied them well but they both feel really original and fresh mm-hmm. and like yes honeymoon obviously is is very cronenbergian in a lot of ways um but it doesn't feel like it's a David Cronenberg movie or that it's trying to be an homage. Like it just feels like, okay, I'm going to tell this really straightforward, simple story. And my, maybe my visual influence might be a little bit of, you know, kind of body horror, but I'm, I'm telling this very, very specific personal story. I think that's what I really like about both of them. They're so small, right? There is no grander plan outside of these two people in both movies. Like, there's really no other, um, come to think of it, like, in both, well, I guess in What Keeps You Alive, like, there's, you know, a little bit of, uh, what would you call it? Like, there are two other characters who do die, but for the most yeah. part, like, it's just, like, no, 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 it is just about these two people 
what their connection is and what it isn't and what one of them thought it was. Uh, and it, it, and they both are clearly made like on a limited budget with a limited everything and make the most out of everything. Like these are both, I think really good examples of filmmaking. Like if you're just looking at like, Oh, how do I, um, okay. If I, if I have to, I only have one set and I have to get them back to a house. What do I do? Like there's so many little things you're like, okay, yeah, I can learn a lot about how to make a horror film from both of these movies. Yeah, definitely. They're really both whole Buffalo as, as we say movies, like there's not one thing introduced that doesn't get paid off. They're, they're, they're very, they're very, like I said, they're very lived in and it doesn't feel, it feels like a story made for the setting, not a story you, you dumped into the setting because it's what you could get. And, I just yeah. really appreciated how de- deliberate both of them were in their storytelling. Yeah. So which one do you want to dive deeper into first? Um, well, What Keeps You Alive. I All think. right, cool. Uh, tell us about the plot of What Keeps You Alive. So What Keeps You Alive does something that could be cringy and obnoxious and gimmicky, but it, but it, it, it does. It's not. I don't know. Colin Minahan's really good. Um, so it's um, a lesbian couple. Mm-hmm. It's it's two women, and you think like, oh, great! So it's just going to be this kind of movie, but they're both broad. <laughs> uh-huh. No, so it, it it's a movie about a couple that goes to a cabin and to have a nice one year anniversary. And it's like, oh, my wife is so interesting. I didn't realize all these things about her. And, oh, actually, she's trying to kill me, and she tries to kill everybody. It turns into a very get-out kind of thing, where she just kills the people she's in relationships with. And um, maybe she's not okay mentally. And it's it's interesting, because like you said, it's a very, it's small, it's a small story. But you peel back layers, and it's interesting to figure out that this is, like, just a small stop on on a murderous train route. Mm. Yeah. Well, that, so it's Jackie played by Hannah Emily Anderson, who, um, I, I think, I don't know how much, how deliberate it is on her part, but she does a lot of horror. Uh, she's in the Purge series. She's in Jigsaw. Hot lady in Jigsaw. Yep. And she's, I mean, she's adorable. She's, she's gorgeous. And I love her in this. Um, and I, and this is like, look, I really like Brittany Allen as Jules. I think, um, she's great. I think, I think what she does is, is much more difficult than it probably seems, but I really would have been okay if this movie ended with Jackie triumphant and moving on to marry another woman and do the same thing in a year. Like, I just loved, um, I mean, like you, you obviously like there's a lot of movies we love our villains, but I just thought, Jackie, I wanted to know everything about her, and I knew I never would, because, you know, she's a sociopath, and isn't that fun? It, it was a, it, they did strike a good balance of, like, obviously you knew, there was no questioning, like, who was the villain, and there was no, like, this is a gray character, yeah. is what they're doing bad, it was obviously, she was trying to kill her wife, right? It, like for insurance money but clearly this is just what she does yeah but like it doesn't change the fact that like the story gave me enough of this 
villainous character that I was also invested in this character. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which is which is good, but that bothered to take the time to do that. So it wasn't just like this this lady psycho in the woods trying to kill. Like they were very equally matched. Yep. They were, and it was really satisfying because both characters were allowed to like exist, mm-hmm. which is yeah. really which was really fun and fun to see. And. It, and I'm thinking of this now, and I didn't realize it until now, but I kind of feel like Jackie is sort of what would happen if Rhoda Penmark grew up, the bad seed. Because it's that same, like, clearly she is smart, she is attractive, she is athletic. Um, you get the feeling that she just, uh, I don't know, like, she has it all together. She just has no conscience and is okay with killing people and has decided that... Uh, oh, and. I guess it's just something she kind of seems to enjoy doing. Like, and when you find out about her first, presumably her first kill, uh, which is when she was a kid and her and her friend were swimming and her friend drowned and everybody just assumed she drowned, but very clearly, of course she drowned her. And just like, so, you know, like, Oh, from the beginning, like you were just wrong. Like, and obviously we know there are people like that, that that's, that is a real thing. Uh, It is scary when they are charming and can pass, I guess. Uh, Mm -hmm. and she clearly has several times and you see the connection. Like, I think the two of them have really good chemistry. Um, what to, so did you know what you knew it was lesbians and that was it. You didn't know that it was about a wife (laughs) trying to kill her, her wife. No, I didn't know that. I didn't, I knew that it was, you know what, maybe because I had read a very small description of it, just like to a couple and then I realized it, the couple was two women, and mm-hmm. then I was like, oh, wait, I don't want to, like, I don't know what they're going to do with this, so I'm going to yeah. want to back away. And wisely, the the picture, I think, like, the, there's different posters, but, like, the picture they always show on Netflix is just, like, Brittany Allen covered in blood, looking really scared. And so I'd seen the title, and, like, I didn't know anything about it, but I think I saw Colin Minahan, I'm like, oh, I think that's the guy Christine likes. And <laughs> looking at it, I thought, oh, is this going to be, like two women get hunted down and is it just going to be them? Yeah. (laughs) So did your jaw drop 30 minutes in when, when Jackie pushes Jules off the hill? Um, well, yes, but so I think Colin is a really fantastic storyteller. So, I was trying to get into like the flow of the movie and we get introduced to like, questionable things pretty early like Mm -hmm. their groundwork being laid so i think i started to see a repetition of of oh that's kind of weird oh but she explained it away oh that's kind so i knew what we were doing like there was a wave of her being not what she said so that wave was going to have to crash at some point and i just didn't expect it to be that yeah I knew she, there was going to be a big swing soon because how many times can that setup happen? Oh, something weird happened. and Oh, that's kind of an understandable explanation uh, because that's what we were doing. Like she would give like, oh, that's not really my name. Well, that's not my name anymore. And I, and you're like, well, that it's weird that you didn't tell your wife that, but I, I get sure. I, you know, if we've been married a year, like could have been a quick courtship. Sure. Like, okay, so maybe, like, you're a guarded... Per- but I knew I knew that that's not what the movie was going to be uh, mm-hmm. because of 
what genre it clearly was in. And I didn't trust her. I didn't trust, I yeah. immediately, I didn't trust her. So yes, obviously the pushing, I, I think I gasped and I went, Me too. Oh! I knew we were going to have to, we were going to have to change gears. And yeah. I was just, it was a ballsy move. It's, yeah, it's a really great, I mean, there are obviously other movies that do a really good rug pull, very, like, but it, again, like, going in, knowing nothing, and yeah, like, in hindsight, there are so many clues. Like, the song she sings, There's a Demon Inside of Me, like, you, this time I watched it with subtitles, I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, I totally should have seen that coming. But in the moment, it really, like, it it has not set it up that this is going to happen right now. And so when it does, it just, okay, this is the movie we're watching. I didn't know that. Cool. This is into, I'm into it. Um, Yeah. But it's great. I appreciate I appreciate that it took the time to lay that groundwork. Like yeah. we don't, we don't know what's going on. This person doesn't necessarily seem trustworthy, whether it, they're aware how untrustworthy they are or they're not that, that action and how, where it came out of nowhere, it one puts us in, in, um, Jules, right. That was her name. Jules. Yeah. It puts us in, in league with her. Yes. Very and it much. Also, also erases any doubts immediately and and that's why i feel like it was such a bold move because you've you've really ratcheted your story into gear and the time that that happened in the movie i was like oh i don't even know what we're in for Mm -hmm. because yeah i have an hour left where are we going what are we doing that you've now erased any doubt that this person is not good and not trustworthy well and we're in the middle of nowhere we know there are two other people that could potentially take some time and then they do, and they're, and I, I really like that scene where they're just, um, so you have the couple, you have Daniel and is it Sarah, uh, and, you know, Jules pretty cleverly ends up getting them over the house so that, okay, good, there's these people here, I can tell them, we can, we can get out of here. And so you're kind of thinking, like, oh, this is what it's going to turn into. It's going to turn into three people running away from this one woman who knows the terrain better than anyone and can probably hunt them down. But no, within five minutes, they're both dead. Yeah, that's so funny. I never even thought that. I just kept thinking, Jules, keep your mouth shut. You're going to get them killed. Don't say anything. Get them killed. They're going to die because you said something. But also then, like, what's the alternative? Right. I tried to think like, well, what would I have done? I probably would have yeah. tried the same thing and gotten Maybe somebody like, killed. <laughs> tried to slip a note in their bag, like, and it's it's one of those. What I think is also really neat about the movie is anytime I watch something like this, where I think to myself like, but it could have been three on one, right? There are two able-bodied people, one person who is physically pretty beaten up, but then you have against one woman. And it's so easy and so quick how it's set up to where, okay, but she's standing there with Daniel, who you'd think would be, oh, he's the man, he's this big guy, he should be a threat. No, he's an idiot, and he's drunk. So, mm-hmm. you know, she she slits his throat before he even realizes what's going on. And then after that, you're like, oh, shit, like, realize what you're up against. It's just a really, I think, clever filmmaking of making her that much scarier. Well, and there's also, I rewatched Charlie's Angels last night because it's my favorite movie, but there's also this line at the beginning of Charlie's Angels, uh, Kristen Stewart says, uh, it takes men, I think, seven seconds longer to perceive women as a threat. Mm. Like, like, we don't perceive women as a threat. That's why she's able to get in there and do, like, infiltrate, but, like, it's kind of the same thing, like, 
no one's no one's actually threatened by this woman. Right. She's, right. She's athletic and in good shape, but she's not like big and scary. She's like a, a beautiful lady. So well, for some reason, brains don't click into like, oh, danger, danger. This is danger. And I think it's also with you saying that really interesting because like, look, I, I am a straight woman. So my, you know, uh, when when like lesbians represented on film and on TV, like that's what I have grown up with, which always had a very um, girly or butch type style, right? Like that was always the thing was like, oh, it's like one or the other type thing. And I think it's a really smart choice in this film that the more traditionally feminine lady of the two is the killer, is the hunter, is the one that, you know, can set bear traps and, oh man, this movie doesn't have a bear trap. It totally should. But that you like you have the more feminine of the two seemingly is by far the more dangerous because Mm -hmm. Jules, you know, has the shorter hair. Jules seems like you look at Jules and you're if you had to guess, you probably would guess probably a lesbian. Like and I think that there is something very um, that that actually does something to your viewing of it right away for some people, I think, who have like a certain like, you know, instinct one way or another that oh, but it's this flip where essentially it's the the more the more feminine presenting is the more dangerous in this case. Yeah, and that's what I I think this this really does play with perceptions, like the things that you you assume without even really considering why you're assuming them. Totally. Is, is, is one of the reasons why this is really successful. I think Colin does that a lot. But this this one this is really explicit. But I think that's a very common tool that he uses, and it's it's interesting to like have somebody set expectations and then blow them away. It's it's a dynamic way to tell a story, and not just two women by the books out in the woods. Because this there, there it, there's a bit of like wild card to it. Like yeah. I don't I don't know this person. Like I haven't seen this character, so I don't know what they're gonna do. That's a really good point. Yeah. Like it's just because I don't, yeah. I don't know Jules. I don't. That's not a common character to me. Exactly. So I, don't, I don't. She's my final girl, but I've not seen a final girl quite like her before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what is she capable of? A lot. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. <laughs> because she's formidable too, and I think that that's really great. She steps up. She she gets over. Not gets over, but she doesn't wallow in the fact that she's been so completely duped. Yeah. So, back in business. Here we are. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure I made excellent points. Of course you did. Like yes. Um, so, some other things of note. So, Brittany Allen, who plays Jules, was also producer on the film. Is she uh, Colin Minahan's partner? Am I wrong about that? Or have they just worked know. together? I'm not sure. She was in It Stains the Sands Red, though. Yeah, she they've worked together. She did the music also. She did the score for this one. Shut your mouth, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So good. Yep. Oh, this movie's good, man. Yeah. Everybody go watch Colin Minahan's movie. I'm, I really need to see more of his, because I, I mean, I've seen Grave Encounters. I think I've seen Extraterrestrial. That's found footage, right? That was the good found footage it, alien movie? I think so. I watched it a while ago when yeah. I was like going through all of his movies. I liked it, though. Did you also watch the Carly Rae Jepsen Curiosity video short? You directed that. 
I did not. Know. Okay, well. Um, but do, this is the most exciting thing of all. Do you know what he is in pre-production on? Oh, I do, but I can't remember right now. I will tell you because it's very exciting to me because I watched all three of these movies over the last couple of months. And if there was ever a franchise that deserves a reboot, it is motherfucking Urban Legend. Oh, yeah, I did know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That <gasps> is- Ooh. And the cast and crew, um, Loretta Devine comes back, Rebecca Gayhart comes back, mm-hmm. and Catherine McNamara. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, that's very exciting. <sighs> Yeah, I'm I am excited for him. And I think I mean, I remember back when like Grave Encounters came out, mm-hmm. um, I think like I had tweeted out a review or something and like either he or his vicious brother, because at the time he was credited as the vicious brothers with his then I think directing partner, like like had an interplay back and forth. Like so they seem cool, which is good. Um, and it's exciting when I mean, we say this a lot, but when a filmmaker comes up from horror and stays in horror to me that's yeah. really exciting because he's definitely growing. Yes. I I agree with you. Um I I think it's cool when somebody clearly has ideas they want to work out and they choose to do it in the genre mm-hmm. um as opposed to it being like a stopping point for them. Yeah. Um cuz we'll talk about Lee in a minute and it's exciting mm-hmm. this seems where 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 she lives well yeah and well I, I think i mean it's when you read interviews with actors who do a lot of horror and when you read interviews particularly with actresses who do a lot of horror they always say like i get to be i get to be a lead in a horror movie i'm usually the girlfriend in an action movie I get to go through so many emotions as a final girl or as a villain or anything in horror really as much as it has such a you know kind of stain on it from a probably agent point of view who says oh don't only do one horror movie and then get out of the genre it gives so many opportunities on the acting side and I imagine on the directing side because you (laughs) get to show off you get to try things you get to you know you are trying your goal is to scare people and you might have other goals along the way but you have such a, a specific goal that requires uh, so many different things to work correctly um, that it's it takes skill and it, it's so it, it's odd in some ways that so many directors start there because that's why quite often first films aren't that good. It's yeah. they're harder to make than they look. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for for the urban legend thing i yeah. complete i remember when it got announced and yeah. then i forgot and then i looked at the imdb and then i forgot like i keep forgetting I well know. i think th- i have a feeling that one must have gone through some pandemic delays because i feel like i i rewatched urban legend early in the pandemic and that's when i saw the when i was like looking that up i went into oh they're doing a remake oh look who's in it and it's been a while since i've heard any more about it so I hope it's still happening. Like, I hope it's still, like, near done happening. Um, mm-hmm. I think it said post-production, right? Post-production? Post-production's good. Post-production, not pre-production? Yeah. Let me see. Uh, post-production is good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Post- no. Oh, pre-production. Damn it. Damn it. Damn it. Uh, a lot can happen. Well, I hope he stays attached to it, because that would be... Oh, and I forgot. He wrote Spiral. Yes. 
which I completely forgot that. Yeah. Like this is what I'm talking about about the weird expectations because he does it. He does it with the woman who's Brittany, I believe, is her her given name and it stains the sand red her character it's all about subversion yeah of our expectations of her, that one. Which, I, which i really appreciate especially yeah. because and i've said this before and it always feels weird it's it's fun and interesting when a when a when a man can can be subversive with female characters yes because i often feel like there's not even a general understanding of female characters so you can't <laughs> ever get to the subversion part but it's really cool to see like oh i know what people think women are gonna do so i'm gonna do something a little bit different and have it still feel really authentic yeah and i th- as far as i know and i could be wrong about this i think he is a straight cisgendered man um but he clearly wants to tell stories that are not that. And that is admirable. And I think he does it. It, it I mean, that can be done very wrong. It can be done from a good place, but not come out well. Um, but I think it really works and it's exciting. And again, just kind of one more thing of like, okay, this guy, he could, this movie could have easily been a heterosexual couple. Uh, yeah. you, you know, most likely it would have been the man as the, um, Jackie character, but you could flip that and still have it be cool. But it is one step more interesting because it is not that. Well, I think by doing this, you, if you did have your, your villain be the male in the couple, it's a woman being attacked. Yes. And if you had the, the... Uh, woman be the villain it's now bitches be crazy oh, completely yep. my least favorite genre of mm-hmm. it, you kind of you get that you get like oh she's not okay but it's never like it's not the thing that they hang the movie on no and no. i feel like if it was a woman terrorizing a man that would be hey look this is the entire gimmick for this yeah yeah but like it's cool that we got to avoid a lot of those trappings. Yeah, I agree. I will say one thing I never like in a movie. I I, I accept it here because it, it has a payoff and it's fine. But, like, I don't know that many diabetics. But according to film, like, 80% of actors in or characters in horror films are diabetic. Just so that we can have the scene involving deathly insulin. Well, I am diabetic. So... <sighs> Type one, though, or type two? I am not insulin dependent. See? See what I mean? That's what I'm saying. There is a huge, a huge population that is type two diabetic, especially in this country. Many people are. Uh, But type one diabetes, which is much less common, is the one where, you you know, you need insulin at a certain time. And just, I mean, what, Kristen Stewart in the Panic Room movie. How many other movies of where where that is a, a plot point? And I understand, and it works fine, and it's used very well here, because it also is one more layer of jewels we find out, like, was kind of going to be a doctor, but didn't, so she has medical knowledge. It also shows how she outsmarts her. They plant that seed really early, too. Yeah, yeah. And so it's not surprising at all when you actually get the reveal. Yes. that I Both movies we're talking about have really solid writing that that nothing ever feels like a surprise. It always just feels like the natural unraveling of this story. Yes. And that's so fun. 
Yeah, yeah. I just always, like, as soon as I, I remember the first time I watched it, I see, like, the very first scene when it's like, where's my insulin? I'm like, Chekhov's insulin, guessing that will come into play. And of course it does. And it's, you know, again. Yeah, of, course. <laughs> of course it does. But I'm not mad at that. I'm not because it works. It really does work, especially when the nature of this hunt, if you will, is I am physically not able to win, right? I am beaten up. I have broken bones. I have internal bleeding. I'm bleeding out. Um, I cannot beat this woman who is stronger than me and who knows everything about her surroundings and knows how to use these weapons. I can't beat her. But I have one thing she doesn't have, which is a little bit more brain. I have two things. Brain, and I don't have diabetes, so I can spike her insulin and kill her. (laughs) Yes. I also thought something that was interesting was that, you know, we have this formidable character who seems unstoppable in the one, the one weakness she has is so expertly exploited yeah and in like she you have to assume that in their courtship and their marriage that that this woman was completely um she was a liar she never she never actually gave any of herself but she couldn't lie about that insulin yeah yeah (laughs) yeah no it's true it's true and i there was something very like angrily poetic about that totally yeah fucking get her yeah, yeah. And I mean, right down to, like, they don't have internet, right? So what good is a laptop? Oh, I'll tell you what a laptop is there for. It's that I can record a video this way. I might not be able to watch you die, but I get to know that you're watching me gloat at you dying. Yeah. It's pretty badass. It's great. Yeah. And also, we don't know for sure that... that- that, uh, yeah, it, it's funny. I watched this movie. I remember the first time I watched it. I watched it very close to another movie that was a, another really good, under um, celebrated genre film called Exhibit A, I think, which was a found mm-hmm. footage, just really haunting, really exceptional British film that um, more people should watch. And it had a similar ending where it was really dark. I was bummed, but because I was watching it with subtitles. I could see the subtitle at the very end that gave me a, oh, oh, okay, spoiler alert, this person didn't die, right? And that's with this film. It ends on Jules breathing. So it's like, oh, okay, she's going to be okay. Like, maybe not. Like, I mean, and of course, emotionally, she's going to have to do a lot of work on herself and really work through some things that aren't her fault. But that, uh, you know, it's it's not going to be a peachy recovery, but, but in my mind, she's okay. Yeah, I thought it was funny because when she's trying to get away, I at one point I think I even said out loud, like, hey, you survived that fall before, just go for it. Right? Just do exactly what you did last time. <laughs> yeah, come on, you did it, it was fine. Yeah. Yeah, I know that's completely absurd, completely absurd <laughs> thing to say or think, but it, in the end it kind of ended up yeah, right? out some reason, like, your body is made for this. Oh, fine. You should be a stunt woman. Oh, good. I'm so glad you liked it. I knew you would, but I was like, because I knew it again, that when I watched this movie, the two things in my head was like, oh, this is really good. And man, Christine has to watch it because there's so many things for her in it. Yeah, I did really like it. It it avoided being being what you would maybe expect from Mm -hmm. this. It did so much more with it. And and I really appreciated a lot of what it did. And I think it's something that I'll, I'll think about. I'll think about yeah. the setups in and I'll think about the way they paid certain things off for a while. Awesome. 
All right, so why don't we take a quick break and come back and go on a honeymoon? Other day, I met a bear. I met a bear up in the woods. Up in the woods, way up there. Way up there. The, the other day, day, I met a bear up in the woods. Away up there, he looked at me. He looked at me. I looked at him. I looked at him. He sized up me. He sized up me. I sized up him. I sized up him. He looked at me. I looked at him. He sized up me. I sized up him. Said to me, why don't you run? Why don't you run? I see you don't. I see you don't have any gun. Have any gun? He, he said, said to me, why don't you run? I see you don't have any gun. And so I ran. And, so I ran. and now we're gonna travel back to 2013 for honeymoon. Did you watch this on Tubi like I did? Uh, no, I think we rented it. Oh, you're smart. So I will say, um, I. I I have come to uh, appreciate Tubi. I know people were celebrating it for a while. I had avoided it because I'm like, commercials in a movie? What? And uh, they have an incredible selection. A lot of the stuff that was on Amazon has since moved to Tubi. So Amityville Dollhouse, anybody? It's on Tubi. The one problem, a movie like this really shouldn't be watched with commercials. I agree, yeah. yeah. It's a really, it's really... Um... It's zippy. Like yeah. these days, because I'm so old, um, I very rarely can get through movies. You have a hard time getting through movies? Oh, yeah. Any movie at this point, I have a hard time sure. not just getting up to, which is, which honestly is great. Like, I don't feel like you should be sitting through the last third of a movie having to pee. It's not the best way I to I agree. Watch it. Hey, I, I don't know that I'll ever go to a movie theater again if I don't have to. Yeah, I'm not. I actually don't miss it that much. Yeah. But um, I didn't move. I was glued. Yep. Didn't move once during this whole thing, which is a feat these yep. days. That's good, and it's it's a movie that benefits from that. I couldn't do it this way that way this time. The first time I watched it, I think I did do it in one sitting. This mm-hmm. time I watched it on Tubi. I just split it up over two mornings, and when I tell you, like, look, Tubi isn't. They, they give you a warning when the commercials are coming up, which is nice. The commercials take all of, what, two minutes? But man, the commercial ran for this one while they were on the boat in the final scene. Like, it's this emotional, haunting, oh my god, this couple is done, she's going to drown him, and now we're going to talk about selling you new stock options. Like, wow! But not the movie's fault. So that was a problem. Yeah. Uh, but tell the people who have better have seen this movie, since I just spoiled it and we told you already we were going to do that, uh, walk through the plot of it. Um, so there's a couple on their titular honeymoon, and uh, they go to a cabin that was uh, visited by the lady from Game of Thrones, right? Yeah, B. Yeah, Rose Leslie. Okay. And now the lady from Game of Thrones. Lady from Egret. Just call her Egret. It's fine. You know nothing, Jon Snow. It's all good. I've never seen that show, so I don't know. Oh, she's about she's it. lovely on it. She's she's very. Uh, she plays a wilding, which is a um, sort of like nomadic hunters who are on the the wrong side of the wall. 
Uh, so she's a hunter. She is badass. Uh, and she falls in love with Jon Snow and then gets shot by an arrow. And it is sad because she is a better character than uh, she, you know, she's like meant for him, but doesn't last because she's she's dead. Tragic. Yes. Yeah, well, she's good in this. Yeah. But they go to the cabin for their honeymoon um and uh as i always say hilarity ensues but <laughs> but there's um something happens early on and we're not quite sure what it is and um doesn't seem like our characters are quite sure mm-hmm. what it is and uh things go very poorly yes b as uh, the character's name uh starts seemingly like just kind of showing signs of something going on with her brain which I think that's really effective because I'm one of those people who is terrified of losing my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, look, I don't have much, okay? So the ever anytime I forget something I should remember, I'm always like, oh shit, oh shit, am I losing it? Am I losing my like this thing that I have, which is my brain, which I know what I know how to use it, and it's gotten me to where I am, and all of this. Is that going away? Is that clouded and corrupted? And can I not do these things? And that's kind of what's happening with her. She just suddenly can't remember things like her favorite color. And she doesn't remember that when you make French toast, you don't just put bread on a griddle. And mm-hmm. it's, you, and you don't know how much she knows of what's going on. And you never really know, which I think works for me. I really like that this is such a small, singular tale and we don't really, like, we know some kind of alien thing is going on, maybe, but physically something has gotten inside of her and is kind of transforming her from the inside out. But we don't know why. We don't know what it means on a broader scale. We just know that it means this honeymoon is not going to end in a happy marriage. Yeah, it, um, so it's hard, it was hard to watch this and not be like why why did i why did i not enjoy this mm. and i think one reason is is and people might disagree and that's fine i find them both to be tremendously dislikable oh they are um, such brooklyn hipsters that it hurts they're so dislikable he is he's the fucking worst and at the beginning she's not that far off honestly see i and- wish he was actually worse because i think that would have made a more interesting place for the viewer to not know who to trust oh really i liked that he was a more neutral evil and innocuous things like being way too sexual with her at inappropriate times could read as really nefarious if you wanted it to there's something like casually um untrustworthy about him that this time around i really liked i went like oh no oh Mm. no these are these are red flags that you could easily ignore i i thought that he was just just so selfish and so self-involved but like in the in the lightest most airiest way so you didn't go like this guy's this guy's bad news yeah yeah because they're not like I mean, the introduction is them doing their wedding video, and it just, it looks like, I've been to Brooklyn weddings, it looks like a Brooklyn wedding, like, it's the little fairy lights, and, you know, they're talking about how they had it catered with Indian food, because when they went to an Indian restaurant on their first date, he got sick, and just the way, like, it's, it's very, like, oh, I know these people, like, I, like, it's, 
they're they're very white. <laughs> they're I mean they're both British doing American accents and I wish they could have just been British. I think that would have made life easier for everybody involved. But it it's fine. Uh but just that, like that sense of like, oh, these are two people that I see all the time, but I have nothing in common with, but we share the same space, like that kind of thing. Um, so, but, uh, but I thought with him and this time, like, I don't remember what I thought of him the first time. I think I just thought, oh, he's, he's such a hipster. But watching it this time, I was like, if he had been either a little more sympathetic at the beginning so that we really like know that he cares and are going on this journey with him. Or if he had been a little more of an asshole, if he had been a little more dismissive of her from the start, it would have, I think made it a more complicated place. Cause then you really don't want to agree with him. When you see things happening, you want to be unhurt. Like I just, I think there was a little room to push him one way or another. And I don't think he was intended to, to come off as an asshole. I think he just does just because based on like, and some of what I've read in terms of interviews, like it seems like, Oh no, we wanted them to be this really loving couple that you really rooted for. And I believe they're in love, but I don't necessarily want to, you know, be invited to their dinner party. Hmm. So I am curious so what what you're saying is is that his character wasn't intended to be um, completely inattentive and self-involved and arrogant and more concerned with the way his marriage went, not their marriage. I don't. I don't. Awesome. Yeah, I think it was just supposed to be like, oh, he's a, he's a young guy and doesn't know what to do. So uh-huh. what he's doing okay. is in some cases really really wrong. Uh, I mean, that's still an effective take, like, mm-hmm. because, like, I guess, what, they're supposed to be in their early 20s? Yeah, that's um, what I got. Like, I guess that's how a normal early 20-year, I, I wanted to toss him out the window. Because <laughs> I get it, like, she's being weird, and she's doing weird stuff, and she's not being forthcoming. But he's approaching this, it was like an episode of Seinfeld. Like, if somebody would just stop <laughs> and ask the right question, yeah, like, Stop, like stop it and he he was so self-involved about how this affected him and how it was just so fucking obnoxious but not unbelievable and i, I agree maybe- i but i think part of that is also the fact that it is their honeymoon and that they they know each other they live together but that sense of like oh but now we're married is this different now like the very when he first says um what does he? What does he say? He makes a comment when, like, they're when they first get to the cabin about like having kids, and it's immediate. She's like, "Wait, what?" He's like, "Oh, I, I didn't mean. Oh, um, um, like this really awkward joke that comes out that, he, that I don't think he intended it to be. Now you're the mother of my children, but it comes out this way, and now that they're married, it's this weird. Like, wait, what did? did you think that now we're married now we're gonna like have a baby tomorrow like is that and I think that awkwardness is what's going on there that yeah he he knows gee this is really weird my wife is suddenly acting like a different person she has these weird bite marks on her she just met her childhood friend who calls her a different name uh again similarity to what uh the other movie but that it's also this I think like emotionally weird thing of like is it because we're married now? Like, did we change fundamentally change something between the two of us by doing this that now suddenly 
when I make a comment about a baby, that that means like that actually becomes a real thing that we have to talk about. I don't know. I like that worked for me in that sense of just this idea of you don't really know this person and now you've committed to this person for the rest of your life. Yeah, I get that. Uh, I get that. I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sure. I, I, there's a hard, it's hard for me to not look at it as like a woman, like your wife got raped and you yeah. don't care. Right. Care more about how it makes you feel than how it makes her right. feel. Right. You care more about, oh, this dude who you clearly had a thing with, uh, who's bigger than me and looks stronger than me, who, you know, is it him? Is, is there something going on with him? Yeah, th- that that's there. And I think had this been a longer movie, it might have been there more. Mm-hmm. But another thing that I, I, I really think is smart about it, and this, I mean, this is Lee Janiak's first movie. Uh, it is her and her writing partner, Phil Grezi, Greziade, uh, who also, I think, worked with her on Fear Street's and they, from what I understand, like, were determined to make a movie but had no money, so it was very low budget. And um, the one of the films that, like, she talks about as what were the films that influenced this, one that she mentions a lot is Monsters, which you've seen. What? What's Monsters? The Monsters is that um, independent film. It's, uh, is it Jar- Gareth Edwards's film? The two people, the couple who, it's a world where uh, the U.S. is overrun by giant squid thingies. Yeah, I rewatched that and hated it recently. Really? I rewatched it and really liked it. I I don't know. It didn't play for me. Fascinating. I thought thought it played well. Um, But that that movie, which is very, also very low, is trying to establish a very big world, but does it without really showing anything. Um, and ultimately is telling this grander story, but just does it through these two people and, and how they relate to one another. And once once I read that, I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense for this one, that I could see where that inspiration would, would go of, okay, I want to do an Invasion of the Body Snatchers, but I want to do it with a four-person cast, only two of whom are going to show up to set every day. Yeah, I, 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 I appreciated the smallness. Yeah. of the story because you get you got to see it you know kind of unravel at a different rate than if it was about a large scale invasion you know mm-hmm. um so I, I i appreciated that of course um for me the strengths in this movie is in the the writing and in the performances and in the way that um they choose to I think this, for me, this movie is is still kind of like a, hey, okay, I see what you're doing. Right, I, I made my first horror movie, is what it, it still feels like to me. Until maybe the final third, maybe even, like, a little bit less than that. But it's when it's no, it's when we finally, it's no holes barred. Like, yeah. there is a, a parasite inside of me, and you're going to pull it out. Once we get there and B kind of slips in and out of awareness or, or does she, that, that to me is that yeah. writing and that performance is, is the height yep. of the genre. Like it, there's, this is, this, this, this is amazing. And, and there's this, there's a line very early in, very early in when they first get to the cabin and B says about the decoy ducks, like they're hollow and they're fake yeah. empty and stuff. And, and 
and knowing what the movie's going to do, the fact that that line is there, yep. I'm like, bitch, this, this whole movie should have been that. This whole fucking movie should have been that. But I understand that you can't have this weird abstract, like, thing for 90 minutes. Like, you do need to, like, do stuff other than that. So, so, so when we finally got back to a point where we're, like, where she's confused and, and he's, like, panicked and still focused on the wrong things and she wants to remember but she knows she can't and there's this this loss of identity that's very palpable and, and that's for me when this is like great yeah yeah the the struggle she has with herself yeah. and trying to navigate how much of this is still be and how much of this is you know parasite person mm-hmm. and that she, um, even like the scene, and again, another thing that also happens in uh, What Keeps You Alive, her, like when she's rehearsing what she's going to say, right? Mm-hmm. When she's standing in a mirror and saying, okay, I'm going to say, you know, uh, Tylenol. I took some Tylenol, but I still don't feel well. Like that is one of those things I love in any movie. Uh, I think of The Exorcist 3 might be my favorite, my favorite yep. use of a person practicing being a normal person. I just, I love it because mm-hmm. it, it, it is always like, what the fuck is wrong with you that you need to rehearse saying these things? And then you see why. and Or you don't see why, but you know there's a reason and it's horrifying. Uh, and so that, like that she, and when she takes him on the boat, I think that is an act of love. I think that is her saying, I have to protect you. If I put you in the water, they can't get you. And so she, you know, ties him up and drowns him. But I think that is actually... I don't know, to me, that was B fighting through, I'm going to protect you. This is what I would do with my ducks. I'm going to do this with you. Only, like, you know, you can't swim if you're tied up. No, she's she's confused, and I think that's the that's why I don't like him. But that's why that is a very tragic thing, yeah. because... He he's he's saying this is not how this works. This isn't how right. this isn't going to work this way. And but she doesn't get it. And there's again, it, that's profoundly sad. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it gets so sad how twisted up she gets. And and I think that if you just did it, if you didn't introduce those aspects, then this kind of would have been a middling is this aliens kind of story. But. But when you that subtext that gets woven in that really gets leaned into towards the end is is really affecting. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm I don't I, I said to Zach last night, I was like, um, was I jealous? Was I resentful that somebody else told the story? <laughs> did I like why did I dislike it so much? And I still again, that, there's parts of the opening where I'm this like, oh, boy, yeah, I'm, these people, I don't know. But like, overall, it it fucking hits yeah i think i I could see and again i don't think it's a perfect movie i think there are uh different areas that maybe if she'd made this movie again today with a slightly higher budget might have might have been uh fixed but in terms of like because i remember when it came out and or at least when it was streaming and everybody was watching it feeling that if there was a very big divide you either really liked it and, and thought it worked or there were people that just hated it. And I don't know how you hate... I, I, I guess I can say, like, oh, I mean, it's sl- it's slow and it's short, right? So it's under 90 minutes, but yet not much happens. So I think people felt there should have been a bigger payoff, maybe. Especially maybe when you introduce a alien Cronenbergian parasite 
And that is ultimately not the thing that is in the climax. The climax Mm -hmm. is a woman possessed by this thing or inhabited by this thing, throwing her boyfriend off of a, or her husband off of a canoe. And I, and I'm guessing there was probably a horror audience there that doesn't want that, that wanted Mm -hmm. a giant tentacle to come out of her vagina and strangle him and pull his head off. I don't know. I'm not saying I wouldn't take that movie because that actually sounds like a pretty badass movie, but (laughs) it's not this movie and it's not, you know, the movie is called Honeymoon. It is about these two people who are as in love as they will ever be, or at least, you know, think that this is the the height of their relationship and, and everything else. And this thing has infected that relationship and it is their relationship is not strong enough to, to deal with it. Now, uh, what are your thoughts on the only other two characters in the movie, right? We have, I guess it's Will and Annie. Um, mm-hmm. And clearly the same thing is happening to them. Uh, what in general, how does that work or not work for you? Um, so it works across the board. I think it was probably one of the smarter decisions mm-hmm. in the storytelling because it does open up the world and it opens up the world a lot by only introducing one more set of characters. And, and that's pretty, that's interesting to me. Like, so it, it also raises the stakes. It, it, the implications of it change yeah. when you have other people, the fact that it then opens up a lot of other questions. So we can assume that Annie got rid of will mm-hmm. similarly to how um, B gets rid of Paul. So uh, that is interesting. Like why, why do they, why are they doing that? If that's what they're doing, sure. Um, them writing things out, what, so the compulsion is, so are they trying, is it just them trying to hold on to their memories and why do they both choose to do it in the same way? Same way, yeah. When Paul approaches Annie and Annie said, stay away from us, like, it's really cool because you could easily be like, oh, she's saying that, stay away from me and my husband, but she really means stay away from me and your wife, um, which is interesting. Yeah. And she's clearly further along and maybe a little bit more aware than B is. And it would have been cool if they could have maybe talked. And I think that's, as you're, as you're saying all of this, I'm like, oh, and that even makes more, more sense because I like that Will is presented as like, not like a full meathead, but a little bit like the first thing you see, he's aggressive. He seems um, kind of dangerously, uh, protective of his wife. Um, there, there's something about him that you're immediately like, oh, he's, and the fact that he's good looking, I think, you know, to Paul is a clearly a very quick, like, oh, this guy used to date my, him and my wife were intimate. Like they clearly had a relationship somehow, but it's also seeing another man deal with exactly what Paul is doing in a pretty similar way. Um, that both of them, like, you're right, if they had just talked about it, if Paul said, dude, is your wife, like, forgetting everything and might have been bitten by an alien parasite in the woods, then, oh, man, I don't know, maybe they could have worked together to figure this out and bring their wives to a scientist or something. But because there is that, like, no, like, that, that, the immediate, um, 
like their immediate reaction to one another is to oh we're enemies like stay away from me i'll stay away from you means oh we can't have nice things we we can't have our brains restored because my husband was was jealous of a guy that i might have kissed when i was 14 mm-hmm. yeah it's it yeah toxic masculinity yep. one might say mm-hmm. uh, it's just it's interesting that they can introduce two characters and and really change the way that you can view the story. Yeah. Because it, we we could have thought like, oh, is this is this really just in their heads? Is B losing her mind? Is this? Um, but but it, since it's ha- since we see it happening to somebody else exactly the same way, it's yeah. okay. Well, this is this is an, an invasion. This is real. This is bigger scale, and it changes the scope of the movie in a really smart way. And mm-hmm. I appreciated that a lot. And I don't necessarily, I don't think I gave it enough credit for the things that it did right because I felt like there were so many things that I didn't like mm-hmm. the first time I watched it. But like, I, I think when you when you allow the movie to just be what it's going to be, even if you don't like some of the ways that it's being that way, you you it, it its end product is worth it. I think, I think like if you don't if you're not buying one aspect of it, I think it, it's worth suspending disbelief just to get through to the end because it, it gets there in a really interesting way. Yeah. And I like how it is literal in a lot of ways. Like, okay, well. There was like he pulled something out of her that was real. That yeah. was still there. She is weird now. She's not the same being that she was at the beginning. That's interesting. Like mm-hmm. it's very literal in that way, and I applaud it for for being high concept, but also showing us. Yeah, just, very grounded it, in how it does that. It it didn't have it didn't have to show us the two women at the end like covered in weird stuff with different eyes it could have just like flashed the light and faded to black but it went for it and i think that's worth applauding yeah there's a part of me that almost could have also taken this movie as being more ambiguous um like because if it had ended and she doesn't you know her skin isn't flaking off and she's not turning into you know a lizard creature there is something more horrifying about that about oh no it's I mean, this was B. This was her, and she did this. As opposed to, it was a parasite in my brain that made me do this. Or, but not because it's not the. That's not what made her do this. That's what made her uh, do. That's what made her take action, but take the wrong action. But yeah, I I think it. I I could have taken this movie as more ambiguous, which would have made more people hate it. But I think the first time I watched it, I think I was irritated it wasn't more ambiguous. But I, yeah. I think in subsequent years, I appreciate that it decided to take a stance because, sure. like that, that was that was a choice, and a choice was made instead of just like, and then we never knew. Yeah. And and I love ambiguity myself, but but I think that, yeah, I think really really saying, well, no, no, this is what it's about made it at least in rewatch more impactful like i can say that yeah. and this also came out and i think this is part of it this came out the same year at least imdb says it came out the same year as uh the canal and starry eyes oh, oh yeah okay aren't the same at all but 
but I, I could argue a lot of similarities between like the themes and the way that, that, that these female characters in the movies are handled. And I thought this was the weakest of the three because I watched them all around the same time. Those and, are two movies I now I want to go back to. Because yeah, I, I would like to rewatch it. Yeah, I loved Starry Eyes when I watched it. I have not gone back to it. I, I don't know how I'd... I know some people that, that felt it went down a little bit on second viewing. And that is a movie that definitely works with surprise because it's it takes big swings that you do not see coming and it goes for it. So I wonder how that would play. I didn't love The Canal the way everybody else I knew loved The Canal. I thought it was solid, but it didn't do that much for me. And that might just be because I'm kind of an asshole when it comes to movies about dads and their sons. <laughs> I think we've talked about that. Yeah. Like the dad trying to protect his child is somehow so much less interesting to me than almost any other familial relationship on camera. Like a mother and her mm-hmm. daughter, a mother and her son, a sister and a dad. When you get to a dad and his kid, I think it feel like it was that period of time and like the walking dead came out and cell came out. And like every single story was a dad trying to get to his son and protect his son. And I I remember like that clouding my, my viewing of the, of the canal, but I, I wonder, I wonder, I should give it another round. So the, the writer director of the canal, Ivan Kavanaugh has a new movie mm-hmm. um, called sun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and that's one of the reasons why I am. I had been considering going back to the canal. I remember it being, it absolutely ruining me. Um, so, but he has a new movie, which I would like to... Which is also, like presumably, watch. about a father. Oh, no, it's not. I... Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is on Shudder now. I have heard of this movie. Um... Yeah, I know what... I didn't... I... We haven't yeah, watched it. Yeah, okay, I heard really good things about this. Yeah, this is on... Son, S-O-N. Um, it is about a mother... Oh, damn it, Amelia Hirsch is in it. Um, it's about a mother and her son, not a father and his son. So maybe I'd like it more. I mean, maybe. I definitely, it's on my list to watch. It comes up, oh, um, more like this, my movie The Toll shows up. Oh. Everyone should watch The Toll. No, it's tell me not streaming it. yet, is it? I don't remember how we watched it. <laughs> Probably you not. Did, it is, no, it is, you can rent it on Flix Fling, whatever the hell that is. Yeah, it's Flix Fling, everybody. Oh, it's actually, wait, wait, I'm wrong. It is um, streaming on the Roku channel. So you can watch it with ads that are going to be very loud. That might have been what I watched it, yeah. yeah. Anyway. The, the so. Roku channel, I still have PTSD from from watching Ma- uh, the, not Masters of Horror, Fear Itself. And, like, you'd be watching the movie at one volume and the commercials would be, like, ten dial points higher. And it was very upsetting. I would True, sit there, like, shaking, even... holding the remote, waiting to mute it. Um, but it would get very, very, like... You just wait for the screen to ch- to go to blacks, and then I try to hit the button in times so that it didn't get very loud and scare me. <laughs> not not fear itself. Fear itself wasn't scary. I mean, the commercial oh, yeah. for what like commercial toothpaste. Yeah, yeah. Anywho, what were we talking about? Honeymoon. Yeah, that movie. Oh, by the way, um, something very exciting that I do hope to one day meet Lee Janiak so that I can say, "Hey, birthday, buddy." <gasps> no. She's a February first. Yep. Two years oh, older than me. She mm-hmm. was born in 1980. I'm 82. But she's a fellow along with uh, our, our other birthday buddies, Sherman Hemsley and um, I think Michael C. Hall and Lauren Conrad. 
Oh, Polly Shore is another February first sure. So they're like it's it's an elite club. Um, but you know, she's she's now a member of it too. So You can't all be birthday buddies with Hillary Duff. No, so, I mean No. But, you know, it means I get to say like, Oh hey, so how many birthday parties did you have that got snowed out? you know. Like try to you know, trip in Ohio. <laughs> I'm sure it snowed there too in February. I'm sure. Yeah. So, do you recommend people watch Honeymoon? Yes, and I take back everything, every underwhelming <laughs> thing I have said about it. Yeah, I, I do, as much as it's on Tubi, and I think it's great that you can watch it for free. I do think, that, especially in your first viewing, you owe it to this movie to not watch it with commercials. This is a, hey, I have 85 minutes to spare, let me turn the lights off and watch it. Because it is a slow burn, and it builds, and the the tension it gets to. And I mean, that ending on paper, it's a very, again, you have a body count of one. This is not seemingly a very um, gruesome, disturbing film, but the nature of how that ends, I think is actually very upsetting. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good. I am, I am glad this double feature worked out. Yeah. I'm glad I got forced into revisiting something (laughs) that I never watched again because I liked it a lot. Well, on that note, let's talk about what uh, we're going to force on you on our next episode. Okay, so now that Skype has updated for Christine, uh, next episode, we have called our dear friend of the pod, Jason Fozzie Bear, and said to him, hey, we love having you on. Would you like to come on the show? And he said, of course, I'm going to tell you the movies we're going to do. And the movies he gave us... 1963's Charade. Not a musical. I always assumed it was a musical. It is not a musical. Um, it is a... Who is it? Cary Grant and a Hepburn, maybe? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen it? A long time ago. Okay. It's streaming on Amazon Prime, so it is watchable to most people. And uh, he said we have to pair that with a movie I know Christine has a very... Um, what is what is the word for your relationship with this movie? Passionate. Okay, good. Uh, I enjoy this one quite a bit, and it's been years since I watched it. Identity, starring everybody. I can't remember not, who made it. It's not good. It's not bad. Oh, it's so I don't much have fun. positive feelings, but I don't. But I've seen it like six times. <laughs> it's one of those movies that um, I think what I love about it is it doesn't seem like it should have come out the year it did. Like, it, it's it's a remnant from an earlier... It's a 2003 movie, but it's got such a packed cast. It has such a wacky reveal. It just seems like it should have been, like, mid-80s. I don't know. does not feel like a 2003 film, um, but it is something to remember, to be sure. So we will mm-hmm. talk about those. Uh, in the meantime... Sign up for Christine's newsletter. Tell her what to write. So it's not just me and her mom doing that. Yep. Yep. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. And have, uh, have, have a nice time with these upsetting movies. <laughs> uh, yes. Enjoy all of those things. Stay safe. Get vaccinated. Don't be an idiot. On that note, love to you all. Goodbye.
Well, the junior bug comes in the month of June. The lightning bug comes in May. Bed bug comes just any old time, but he's not going to stay. Oh, there ain't no bugs on me. There ain't no bugs on me. There may be bugs on the rest of you mugs, but there ain't no bugs on me. Looking up at the sky, the lily pad broke and the frog fell in. He got 